Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am one half of your host, Matt Koplick. And I am one fourth of your other host, John Wascavage. Oh, look what he did there, math hunty. Yeah, what a wonderful mathy day I'm having today. Mm-hmm. Some crystal math? <laughs> no. I'm going to have to go to the Mathadone Clinic. I, this is such. No. <laughs> Can we start over? I'm so, I- I'm a method actor. Ew. Shut up. That was no, funny. Stop no, it wasn't. No, we can't start over, John. Just like life, there are no redos. Yes, there are. Well, like Scarlet Pimpernel, there are redos. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear God. See, I brought it to Broadway. See, I made it I made it work. Congrats. Made it work. Congrats thank, to you. Thank you so much. Um, so I normally would ask how you're doing, but I do follow you on Facebook. So, <laughs> I, so I know you're not doing well. No. Is the subtext of that. Uh, how sad are you today? Um, you know, on like a scale of like one to like, um, what's like a really sad thing? Acting? Like being an actor? I'm such uh, an actor Shannon, right Shannon now. Doherty's career? No. I mean, she doesn't have a sad career. She just has like a, a bitchy career. Um, <laughs> but same. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing okay today. My allergies are kind of like effed up and so I, I woke up this morning and it felt like I had um I was I, I started my day at a very much a lane stretch level. Like I mm-hmm. woke up and I felt like I had smoked a pack, mm-hmm. downed a bottle of whiskey, took some uppers with Judy Garland, and I woke up and I was like Good morning. <laughs> like you, it, I, I was. It was very much a mix of. I mean, I've also been rewatching Thirty Rock, so I'm giving you yeah, yeah. all of Jack Donaghy meets Elaine Stritch, who plays his mother on yes. the show, meets uh, the episode where they all kind of become Batman characters, and yeah. Liz loses her voice, and they all kind of start talking like this. And Will Arnett too. I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. say it was like I'm basically I'm giving you a Will Arnett yeah. day. You two can have a talking like this contest. Yes, I'm Will Arnett. Oh, Will Arnett. Michael. You know what? You're. I would say you're more Will Arnett on BoJack Horseman than you are Will Arnett on uh, Thirty Rock. You know what I realize? Well, well, that's you're, weird because he's super gay on Thirty well, Rock, say, and that's beyond you know, brand for you, me. If you were to combine the two, the super gayness of <laughs> and the both. super depression of BoJack Horseman, <laughs> exactly. Um, 
I actually just realized like two weeks ago because I was so excited for the new season of BoJack Horseman. I was like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch it. And then I started watching an episode and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And I realized I was so sad last year that I didn't even watch the last season of of BoJack Horseman because I was I was too depressed for it. Yeah. And so I didn't watch it. And I I, I just thought, oh, I'm I'm two seasons behind. And so you're starting season four now or see. Uh, is, uh, the, so you're starting the previous season now is what you're saying. Yeah, except I haven't started because I was then I was afraid of getting too sad again. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Fair. There's, but you know. Yeah, there there are two episodes in last season that are like downright devastating. Um I will say this season is overall less devastating than last season. Um, but also same for my life, so I should watch. Exactly, yeah. It's you, you come out of the darkness and into the cartoons. That's what I say. Yes. yes. I feel so much like a Lizzie McGuire song. Out of the darkness and into me. Yeah, and into me. Oh my God, that's definitely my Lizzie McGuire song. <laughs> I'm wearing like full head to toe, like kind of reflective white, like a, a white jumpsuit. I have bar- uh, bar- butterfly clips in my hair. And I'm... And I'm chin shelfing. And I'm Christy Carlson Romano. <gasps> Oh. trying so hard to become a thing. Someone brought her up to me this week because uh, when I had my mustache, I asked if people liked it or if it made them think of the Factor Girl song. For, <laughs> he from calls Parade. my name. He calls my name. I turn, turn my, my head. <laughs> I love the vocal switches in that song. Oh, yeah, um, when they go into the head voice. They, yeah. And I got to run away. <laughs> I know, it's great. Oh, Brooke, Sunny, um, Moral Bar. But and and so most people, of course, agreed that I I, I was giving them a lot of uh, call the factory girls. I, I was giving them super molesty, but yeah. um, but that's how Christy Carlson Romano came up. Yeah, I came from <laughs> thank my, you, thank I you. came from my pay, Mr. Frank. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, her line readings in uh, what's it called? Picture Show. I, are... was say, <laughs> I got some. I've been chewing gum for a year. <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> this episode has just been brought to you by Parade. Parade, it's time for a revival, and let's make sure the Leo Frank is hot. <laughs> I, come on. No, no. When they did the concert with Jeremy Jordan, I was like, there is no hope left no. for character actors ever. No. Well, that's Jessica Vosk started that same thing with Fiddler on the Roof. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, what we were talking about last week. Now we got to yeah. belt our tits off. Well, it actually would be very interesting because, uh, did you? do we ever talk about this Lolita, the book Lolita? Um, have you ever read it by any chance? Um, no, oh. I feel like we maybe have talked about it because it's it's ringing a bell, and I feel that if anyone were to talk to me about it, it would be you. <laughs> Thank you, because it just because... sounds super gay. It sounds super super, <laughs> super sad and so, like super niche. Yeah, so you. Yeah, and like very like artsy, artsy. I read books, kind of thing. Uh, um, kind of like Giovanni's closet. Or what, what was that? What? What's G- that? Giovanni's closet. Giovanni's room. The, the James Baldwin novel, it's like, it's a classic gay novel. I listened to it on audiobooks on, on a bus. I'm literally looking at John Miscavige the same way the audiences of Escape to Margaritaville looked at the stage of Escape to Margaritaville. Hmm. Um, <laughs> what I, happened here? I, 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 I assume. I didn't see it. but um, I have to look this up. Okay, so, oh, talk oh, about so, Lolita. Lo- so Lolita, for those of you who don't know, Lolita is a very classic novel, very risque. Um, it is to put it bluntly, about a pedophile. Uh, we have talked about yes, this. Because it's, it's the ultimate unreliable narrator because he's like such a beautiful wordsmith. He just like talks about things so poetically that you get wrapped up in it and you're like, no, wait, you're talking about having sex with a 12-year-old. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Ugh. But then to make matters worse, like you get like 90 pages into the book and you're like, oh, this creep, this creep, this creep. And then he's like, before we go any further, I should probably inform you, I'm really, really attractive. He's like, I am 
sexy i look like a movie star well there we go then i mean all is forgiven well it's not that's the brilliance of that moment it's like fuck you now like i have to imagine you looking like jeremy jordan and like i'm starting to forgive you for more things and i hate that about myself wow Um, that is such a social commentary and yes the book i was talking about is giovanni's room it's Mm -hmm. a classic gay novel um written by james baldwin and and it's uh it's about an italian bartender named giovanni who a parisian gay meets and and a, a torrid love affair starts. I never finished it, which is very symbolic of my life. Of your sex life, really. I, true. I just, I, I get halfway, I get like to the climax of the book and I'm like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm, just I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rewatch 30 Rock. Um, uh, never put 30 Rock on while you're trying to make whoopee because you'll just get distracted. We are also living in a 1960s game show because we're gonna call it whoopee. Um, yeah, I'm also sorry if I keep clearing my throat, everyone, my fall allergies have kicked in, um, which is a great transition to how are you doing? <laughs> I am phenom. Uh, I'm just living my best truth, my best life. Uh, actually, uh, speaking of books that I read, I am currently <laughs> rereading... the books that I don't read, <laughs> I'm which currently, is a short list. I'm rereading The Happiness Project. Uh, are you what familiar? It's... Uh, essentially, it's a self-help book. Uh, this woman, Gretchen Rubin... No, I, m- I meant what is happiness. <laughs> Not what what's that? so much happiness. <laughs> okay, so this, this woman in the park. Uh, so this woman Gretchen Rubin uh, created a book. Love her sandwich. <laughs> I had I'm a medium done. iced coffee today. I'm sorry, bitch. I've had two hot coffees today in my Ravenclaw mug that I got at the Harry Potter studio tour, and I'm still not awake. I don't know what that says about me. <sighs> Your pictures. It's because I went to bed so late. Why do I do that? Um, depression. Depression. Anxiety. Zoloft. <laughs> Which leads us back to the happiness project. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so Gretchen Rubin's this woman who's like, I have so many wonderful things in my life. I really should take advantage of it and really enjoy it more. So she dedicated a year of her life to like figuring out happiness. But it's not an e pray love situation. She's like, I went to India and I cleared out my third eye. She's like, bitch, I don't have enough money to like go away for a year. Yeah, she's like, no. I've got a and she's like, and I've got a family, so I can't abandon them. Um, yeah. We could. Yeah, well, and she's like, and she's like, and I like having to-do lists. I like having actions and things like that, which I was like, bitch, praise to me. She's like, an actor. Yeah, she, she knows is. her actions. She needs things to do during the scene. Mm. So reading it was really helpful because uh, she's like, gives you physical things that you can try out for your own happiness. And like, it's like masturbating? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, is that actually well, one? No, I mean, not... I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. Well, no, she has a, a husband where she like implies that they've got a healthy sex life. She just keeps on talking about like how handsome he is and they're like soulmates and it's like, okay, great, we get it. Once he... again, he's handsome, so yeah. I'm like, you're set. Yeah, exactly. We get it. He goes down on you every other night. Like, fine, whatever. Oh, um that's too much. No, it's, it's all in the subtext, John. Okay. No, I mean like, not, that's not too much to handle. I mean, it's like, that's too often. Every other really? night? Please. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm could, 50. You, know, you really are. John can only get it up once a week. I'm a Paul Lind nightmare. <laughs> That's, you're, you're honestly my Paul Lind fantasy. No, I'm all the, the nightmare. Pa- all the Paul Lind and none of the nudity. So Never thank you. <laughs> Shut wow, up. I'll have to um, read this book. It, yeah, it's great. So like I, it really inspires. I read it like four years ago and I'm reading it again as I'm like kind of going to a new development in my life mm. um, and one of the things she tells you to do is like write down your own personal adult truths and secrets like happiness oh. um, so things that I wrote down are like always add 10 minutes for travel time like you, it'll make you less stressed mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What, that, oh god that's number one mm-hmm. another one for my, both of us were 10 minutes late <laughs> today <laughs> we were we were both 10 minutes but late but if I didn't give myself that extra 10 minutes I would have been 20, 20 minutes, minutes late mm-hmm. yeah exactly yep. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. and uh, another one I have for myself is when a party's not fun leave uh, 
which oh, that's a good one. It sounds it sounds super trivial and easy, but it's really no, hard. It's really hard. Yeah, because I and the other one I have for myself that I've really uh, attested myself is uh, being out of your comfort zone and doing something you hate are two totally different things. Oh, that yes. Um, because I think we associate pearls go- of wisdom dripping from thy mouth this and morning and thy neck <laughs> and against thy face every other I- Tuesday. <laughs> We, um, Sean and I have a mutual friend who listens to this podcast. I won't say his name for his own privacy, but he says he always wants to turn off the podcast when we get to like sex stuff because he's like, I don't want to hear you guys talk about your sex lives. I was like, No one does. No That's one. the only reason why we do this exactly. is because we're forcing it down your ears. We don't want to force anything into your ears. If there's anything you don't like to hear, skip ahead five minutes. We'll still be talking about sex, but we'll be like wrapping it up by that point. Um, we are honestly. We I just are, shot you the the, the you look. Did, I, I, I always forget that they can't see my takes on a podcast. And I do a lot of takes. I do a lot of eye rolls. And I just did a take to you on Wrap It Up. <laughs> you did. Imagine it. You're, rewind like 30 seconds. And then when he says Wrap It Up, imagine a snarky take from me. You know what we are? John and I are two Samanthas in Charlotte clothing for <laughs> oh me. My God, oh, my and, God. And Miranda clothing for John. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and by that I mean like attitudes. Like we have, we both have Samantha brains, but like we describe them in Charlotte and Miranda vocabularies. Yes, yeah, but yeah. it's a podcast, so we should try to be more of a carry. Well, why does no one get it right? No one gets because no one truly wants to be Carrie. Carrie. I am the son of this. I also want to take a moment, because uh, we didn't really talk about it last week, but I want to do a little plug for where we're recording right now. We didn't, uh, we didn't actually talk about it. We did didn't we? really talk about it, no. Well, plug away. Plug him. He's so, a straight boy. We've always tr- we always have tried to plug them. Oh, hunty. Um, if I were, if honestly, if I had more ambition, I probably would try. Yeah. Not with him, but straight boys in general. Um, so we are recording in the current studio for my straight husband and never lover Tyler Milliron of Tyler Milliron Studios and Photography and what have you. Uh, Tyler has a wonderful uh, studio on West 38th Street, which mm-hmm. those of you who got to know me through Baking It on Broadway, the last four episodes we shot were in this studio in front mm-hmm. of a green screen. They were lovely. If you watched the Will Roland episode, Kevin Duda, Samantha Massell, they were all here. Um, and Tyler will be moving studios at the... Uh, at the in the middle of the month uh he will be uh downsizing because most of his work now has been on location stuff and editing and post-production so he's just sort of figuring out like he's he's all doing his own happiness project and removing some clutter because yeah. he's like but look into him guys yeah. if you i mean he's, he's amazing been, he's been great to record with he's such a lovely person he's he so is. wonderful um and we thank him so much for letting us record in this mm-hmm. space while it's here and for just I feel like he taught us things last week, and we've been doing this for over a year. <laughs> he did. And he taught us things that I, um, I mean, I'm sure I could have Googled to find out, but why the fuck would I Google anything? Other, other than, other than, I mean, God, what's the last thing I Googled? You, you don't want to know. No. I think I Googled uh, who the actors were who played the sailors in the season five premiere episode of Sex and the City, because that's what I was watching this morning. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. So this is our plug for Tyler Milliron. Yes. Uh, Look into Milliron Productions. Yeah. If you have any video projects you want to do, he is your guy. He shoots music videos. He shoots series. He shoots audition reels sometimes if you Straight want. Straight baits. Um, mm-hmm. and- <laughs> ba- bang bus. Bait bus. <laughs> Bukakis. Mm-hmm. No. Don't. And if you don't know what those are, 
you should Google those. Yes. But that's... we know you know what those are. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you've made it this far on, onto our Without podcast... Without knowing what a bukkake is, that's your, that's on you. That is on that you. That is literally <laughs> on you. So this is to really say... Really, I beg the devil. <laughs> I'm going to do it for myself, Jen. <laughs> no, 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 no. Really, I beg the devil with it. So let's transition into some Broadway. Um, Broadway. Broadway. Last night, uh, I had the glorious benefit of seeing one of my best friends go on for a lead oh, role in a Broadway musical. Oh, she's so good. She is. She is truly one of the best singers in the world. And she I, is. Yeah. So little PSA for everybody out there. Um, I, have, I have not made many great choices in my life. I chose to be gay. I chose to get a BFA in musical theater. I chose to start a podcast with John Miscavige. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst idea I could have done. But if I have made any good decisions in my life, it was choosing to become friends with very talented people. Yes. Um, which sounds superficial, but... It's important. If you're an actor or you have actor friends, you're not always going to be or have friends who are going to be in a lot of great things. So it's important that they be talented and Mm -hmm. very intelligent. So that way, when you tell them that they were great, you actually mean it. Um, no matter and, what you thought of the show and, itself. And I'm a firm believer of you should not be the most talented person in in, in a group ever. Mm. Like, you should always strive to hang out with people who are more creative, more talented, more out there, more more, more just, like, pushing boundaries. Because it'll push you. That's and why John said yes to this podcast. Exactly. He was like... Because Matt needed me. <laughs> See, we've turned the tables on each other twice. Yes. Ah, uh, this is truly Adele's a bait bus. turning tables. It's truly a bait bus. <laughs> this there's, whole thing is a bait there's bus. There's our title. This whole thing has been a bait bus. <laughs> so, uh, my dear friend, Lauren Nicole Chapman, uh, is in the ensemble of Frozen and yes. got to go on for Anna last night, her third time. Oh. It was so lovely. Um, I truly behind her back call her KitchenAid because she is a power mixer. She really is. Her her mix, her voice is fluid, effortless, mm-hmm. it, no break. Well, and it's and <sighs> what's what I hate about her is that she's the kind of mixer where you think to yourself like, "Oh, her mix is so, it's very Kate Baldwin, like very thick yes, vocal cords that like there is, there is no break." Cords. But part of you goes like, "Oh, is she like kind of cheating cuz she can't belt that high note?" No, she can belt that she high can. note. She just often chooses not to because she's she doesn't so need smart. to. So for example, first uh for the first time in forever. Mhm. Um, it's a song where, like, you do have to mix because it's very heavy powder. She's running around that stage like a goddamn animal. Yeah, they make um, their, they make that honest to a lot. Yeah, mostly. that and Love is an Open Door. I was like, so oh, yeah. um, we'll get into other thoughts I have about the show and the creative Was team. this your first time seeing Frozen? Yes, I've never seen it before. Oh, I did not realize no, that. No, I had not seen it. I, I, so much as I do love Lauren Nicole Chapman, uh, she is the reason I've seen Kinky Boots four times because <laughs> I saw it the first time because it was new and I wanted to see it. And Kinky then Boots! She made her Broadway debut in the ensemble and then she went on tour and she went on for Lauren so I went to go see her do that mm-hmm. and then I was like, bitch, I will not see this show again unless you go on for Lauren on Broadway. Q nine months and later, she's she like, guess what? Yeah. So I've seen the show four times and I was like, I've, I was like, I've counted the amounts of dollars I've spent seeing you in this show. That is the most I will pay to see you go on for Anna, but I will not pay that for you to be in the ensemble. I'm like, I love you. I just, I'm not made of money. So, like, sure. it's got to be something special. That makes sense. And she went on, and I ended up not having to spend nearly as much. So, it was all good. Point is, um, in First Time in Forever, she's mixing up for the gods. She does some belting. She mixes. The last part, um, there are two moments where she full on just like, wails. Uh, so, they do the open up the gates, the gates, the gates. Um, she hits. Uh, for the first time, they all go, for the first time in forever. And she just goes, for the first time. It's, I think it's a D, maybe an E flat. She just holds it, belts it forever. Yeah, I think and it's a D. And the entire four uh, friend group in the mezzanine just, like, 
screamed. And then, at the, screamed. and then at the very waves end, snatched. And then at the Sorry very end, very end, she goes, "I know it all ends tomorrow, so it has to be today." She I full on. I have an audio. I'm gonna play <gasps> it. I'm gonna play it. Uh, on, you bootlegged your own friend. Yes. You BL'd your own f. What? What? Um, I mean, if you can play a Glinda bootleg audio, I can play a Frozen audio. Coral realness, by the way. Yeah, broad. Broad coral realness. That was Stephanie Cowan. Bitch. Right? Bitch. Right? And this is a girl who also, like, can do coloratura soprano shit. Like, I it's, know. And she's well, the tiniest person in the whole world. She is... I did a rock a musical reading with her, and the first time she opened her mouth, I just... I, I think the exact words that naturally came to, into my head were, it's just not fair. Yeah. It's just not fair that someone could sing that well, mm-hmm. sound that amazing, um, look... Just so pretty. She's yeah. so pretty. She's, she's, a, she's, so she's a pretty little princess. Pretty. She is, and just be that kind and sweet. I, I just yeah. the, the the thought that I have about her is it's just not fair. It's not. Meanwhile, I'm golluming all over the place. <laughs> I am. I've been schmeagling ca- all I've been, the way down Eighth Ave. I've been casting, couching all over this goddamn city. My voice has not gotten any better. Someone accused me last night of running Catherine McPhee's Twitter. These are my <laughs> highlights. But that bitch. No, she is a total bitch. I hate her. Someone actually did. Um, it, it was the Trump musicals account. Or the, do you follow the, tr- the Trump musical? No. It's it's this I fake. Don't, I'm not on Twitter, boo. It's this fake Twitter account where, uh, as if Trump were tweeting about Broadway musicals, mm-hmm. and someone last night uh, accused me of being the Trump Twitter person, and so Trump uh, re- fake. Theater Trump replied back that I'm too busy running Catherine McPhee's Twitter account, and I felt I felt seen for the first time in. Forever. I'm almost positive that whoever runs that account is a personal friend of yours. Oh, uh, I I've made accusations to friends, and they have told me that who they think it is. Um, I also have not completely ruled out a whole fight. Uh, club situation uh-huh. where it, it, it is, is me running it and I just black out a lot. Um, I have not ruled that out. Yeah. I mean, I we, we are friends with a lot of big belters and every time they do belt, I black out. So I'm not surprised if that's the case with you. Yeah. Um, so back to topic. Yes. Um, yes. Laura Nicole Chapman. So, so even, okay, even if I did love the show, I wouldn't have been able to appreciate the show because all I was doing was watching her be a leading lady and mm-hmm. it was delightful. There's nothing like it. No. On to the show. Um, I've so I will be no. I'm I something that I've been trying to be really good about and lately, and I feel like I am, with the exception of Finding Neverland, uh, is be really fair <laughs> about what it is that I do and don't like about shows. I try not to just, like be a raging cunt for a better word. And when does that start? Right now, okay. ha- due to the Happiness Project. Okay. I, well, no, that's I know. It's why I'm not very quotable on this podcast because I try to be more like eloquent and intelligent about my opinions. And then John just comes. <laughs> John comes out with like a tweet every five seconds. No, I mean I'm just those menomena muppets. Yeah, but that's what people enjoy. The same friend who who said that uh, he doesn't like it when we talk about sex. He's like, I listen to it to hear you, Matt, talk about history and hear John be funny. I was like. Great. So John's not intelligent and I'm not funny. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we all know. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's I'm what just we kidding. all. It's what we all know about this podcast. It's fine. So go back to being. You're kind. the you're the Mary and I'm the Rhoda. Or no, I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. Which is it? Mary I, Mary's Rhoda's I, funny. I, Mary's Romeo funny. and Michelle's high school reunion. Great. Oh, that's, I don't I don't know. Fantastic. Um, um, so, I invented post its. 
big whoop with your co- big whoop with your cousin Barry. I wouldn't brag about it. Um, so the show, um, I will say, I actually was enjoying the first 20, 25 minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, it gives you a, it lulls you into a false Yeah, false well, because they, like, sense. try to expand it, and, like, the prologue was very lovely, and they do some, like, very inventive design and staging things at the beginning. What baffled me was that when it actually got to, like, the Elsa Frozen Snowstorm stuff, mm-hmm. that is when it felt like the creatives, both writing and design and staging-wise, kind of just gave up, which I thought, like, would be a goldmine for anybody else. Yeah, I don't know if you remember when I talked about it on this podcast a while ago, but for me, there was this weird... I don't remember a single thing you ever say. No one should. Um, There was this weird moment during that first inaugural scene, whatever you want to call it. The coronation, that's an inaugural. The coronation (laughs) scene, um, where there are three book scenes that interject the song between Anna and Elsa that are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Nothing is different between the three of them. And that was when I just started feeling uh, oh and then kind of after let it go i don't i do not believe elsa has another spoken word she she just sings for the rest of the show the, yeah there are questions that, that, so questions so yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this into two categories one is writing one is design and staging in terms of writing um it's not a bad no. musical um i would say their biggest crime is padding the mood they really don't explore new territory in the show except for the first 20 minutes and then after that it's just about padding it to make it a two-act musical yeah and that's not a crime but i thought where they chose to pad were the wrong choices yeah starting with it, they gave it's Han- kind of like the nina benina brown of padding musical exactly it's, well at least nina benina brown she made an impression the first time then it just became like why um <laughs> but I, the padding was suspicious it was suspicious yes. and the padding continues to be suspicious <laughs> Yes, that is That's very my true. new favorite adjective. The padding continues to be suspicious. Well, just calling anything suspicious. suspicious. It, it, sure. Bob the drag queen said it once. You know, I mm-hmm. one word for your for you or something, or your padding or your teeth or something suspicious. suspicious. And now that's my favorite. Yeah, it's a good one to do. It's suspicious yeah. um, because the padding that they do in the show, uh, they like they gave Hans so much extra material, which again is not a crime, but it comes at the cost of not giving Elsa anything else. Yeah, uh, like Casey Levy. Uh, first of all, sings like a goddamn queen it's yeah. it's unfair how good she sounds on songs that are really unfair tongue, um tongue out chest bow uh, yeah and and as we were talking about lauren like it sounds healthy and natural like yeah if, especially when you're belting that high to sound healthy while doing it it's just it's usually it's one or the other but she everyone sounds, in that show sounds amazing yeah it's, like, it's they, a very it's, talented it, cast it, that, that ensemble yeah it's that whole ensemble is just crazy talented yes it's it's it, dumb I, i'm not i'm and i'm really not trying to shit on the show because it's I think there's a lot of good to it and it's oh yeah it's definitely they actually have my favorite pre-show announcement I don't know if you remember but they they make a shout out at the end of the pre-show announcement to anyone whose first Broadway show this is like we hope this is a memorable experience oh, I and love we hope that. this starts a new passion for you and I was oh. like no matter what like this show could be good vibrations right now and I would just be like yes bitch work um like that it was a beautiful pre-show announcement uh that's really Elsa sweet. and act two literally that. like she comes on every 10 minutes to wail for three minutes and yeah. then goes off stage. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's not fair to Casey Levy. It's not Levy. fair to her. Because she's a good actress and she she's is. trying really hard to connect all the dots. They just, the writers just don't give her that benefit in act two. They instead give Hans 
two extra songs. They start Act Two with a really unnecessary number for like a princess track, Bitstress, the Hugay. Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Hugh, is that how it's pronounced? Like, not Huga, uh, not Huga. And my friend turns to me and she goes, This is a really long song for a character we're never going to see again. And I was like, and it's Absolutely. True. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it wasn't necessary. Um, it, was, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not hating this moment, but like, it could be, this time could be better spent for a character I care about. Yeah. Um, and so that was my issue in terms of writing. In terms of design and staging, as I said, when it got to the snowstorm, which should be like a designer's paradise, mm. it really just became uh, projections. And then at one point, icicles came up from the floor through Monster. And yeah. they used the turntable a total of two times, which is like, I'm a turntable fanatic. I love it. I think it's one of the greatest things you could do in design. I was like, how dare you have a turntable? And not use it. And not use it. Yeah. Um uh, the designs when it was Arendelle normally I thought were stunning really like, beautiful yeah really beautiful surprisingly dim lighting but I know I thought that too I was like, I was like oh this is a they're, they're going for the darkness yeah but like it was very moody and gorgeous it was like a it was like a Vermeer painting I was very into it um mm. and then but then that lighting that atmosphere kind of went away when this snow stuff happened um mm. which I thought I wasn't like devastated it just i thought that there was more invention in the first 20 minutes design writing staging wise than there were in the rest of the show mm. so it was kind of a really good build-up that then plateaued um mm. which again you know there are worse things out there than having a decent setup and then not really going beyond that there right. are, you could plummet from the get-go <laughs> look like, at my life <laughs> like john's life like, like my whole life like finding neverland yeah I I think that's going to become my new running joke. It's got to be brought up at least once in every podcast episode. Finding Neverland? Yeah. Here's I'm going th- to go on eBay and find every bit of Finding Neverland paraphernalia that I can find and get it for you. For my birthday? Thank you. For Christmas. Or, 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 <laughs> well, okay. Let me tell you a secret, everybody. Jews love Christmas. We well, do. I know this. We do. We really do. But like nothing about the religious aspect. We love the tree. We love the songs. We love the holiday movies. We love the Nutcracker. That's why Christians love Christmas too. Yeah. No one. No one cares. Who about Who does Jesus. it anymore? For yeah, for the baby Jesus, priests, mm-hmm. baby Jesus, which is the seventeenth time people have used that joke. <laughs> So this is all to say, uh, I enjoyed Frozen more than I thought I would. Yeah. I can rightfully say it made me a, a convert. Not is that the word I'm looking for? I wasn't converted to like. Sure. I wasn't. I wasn't a converted fan of the show. As someone who actually does really unapologetically enjoy the movie, um, I can't. See, it actually took me a couple times. Like I had to watch. I didn't really love the movie the first time. I mm-hmm. liked it much more the second time. But did um, you see it after the hype or before the hype? I saw it after the hype, and so it, she she had been hyped up a little too much for me. Yeah, that's honestly the problem with things mm. like that. Because uh, I saw it the week it came out, uh, mm. just because I was looking. Uh, me and two friends were looking for something to do that weekend, so we went crowded theater full of children and adults. Where the children were actually pretty well behaved, and we knew nothing about the movie. We just knew that it was a new Disney movie, it was supposed to be pretty good, and we loved it. And yeah. then it blew up, and it became like, oh god. But I forget that like there's a lot of really uh, intelligent comedy writing in that movie. There is, um, yeah. A lot of Olaf stuff is actually really... Really funny. Great. Yeah, and it's the yeah. stuff that gets the biggest laughs in the show. One of my f- personal favorite jokes is when Anna gets hit with the ice again and her hair starts turning white. Mm-hmm. And Kristoff's like, oh, your hair is turning white. And uh, and I was like, oh, is it okay? There's this beat, and he goes, yeah, it's fine. And then Olaf goes, goes you hesitated. And it was... <laughs> it's like, it's a t- they don't play it up that much. It's just, 
It's fine. You hesitated. <laughs> it's it's a great one, two, three. I loved it. Um, I'll have to go back and see it. And I'll, yeah. I don't know. I'll bring like poppers or something. <laughs> Please invite me. Um, you bring the poppers. I'll bring the cocaine. You'll enjoy the poppers. I'll enjoy the cocaine. And we'll also have gummy bears, because why not? I was just going to say Twizzlers. I was like, I, yeah. have, I, have, a fr- I have a friend who, um, every time she buys condoms, she always tries to buy at least one or two other things that makes the least sense to buy with condoms. So she will buy condoms, a pack of Twizzlers, and... Um, the original, uh, the original version of Beaches on DVD, you know, you know like something like that, or, yeah. or, or uh, condoms, a cucumber, and um, a self help book. You know, yeah. she, 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 will, she, she, it's a, it's her own personal little joy in life of buying condoms with just the most random things, and always at Target. I've been you know with her; I, it's very fun. You know what I did? I so I was looking at. I get my condoms on Amazon.com because <laughs> yeah. I was raised to be ashamed of sex. So. <laughs> Weren't we all, Hunty? But also, um, I mean, you just get them delivered to your door. Well, my mom actually just shames me when I texted her today because she asked if we wanted to get dinner. I was like, well, I'm actually going on like a drink day, but it's fine. Like, it's I'm not expecting anything. And she goes, you're not you're going on a date, but you're not expecting anything. What? So just sex then? Like, <gasps> just totally shame me. I was like, oh, I was like, first funny. of all. If it were for just sex, don't shame me. Second of all, it's not for just sex. It's fun to meet new people. Yeah. Um, just because I don't expect them to become my husband doesn't Listen, mean anything. Listen, I love meeting new people because there is nothing like having that connection with someone that you meet for the first time while you're just sitting there crying. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, and you're bawling your eyes out and they are so uncomfortable and they're like, I want to leave this Panera bread. <laughs> and you are, you are just burying your soul. Guys, I'm just tired of talking to John all the time, so I need to meet new people. Yes, um, I'm I was, tired of talking to John too. It is actually it's it is really awkward when you go for a drink with somebody and you're like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And they're like, Oh, so just do you want to go back to my place and go? No, I don't want that either. And they go, Well, what do you want? I was like, Don't question me. Just like enjoy this drink. I don't know. I'm trying to be like more like in the moment, and like let's make new connections with everybody. But right now, everyone's either a Slytherin or a Gryffindor. They're like either you want to have sex with me or you want to be my soulmate. And I'm like, can we just be Hufflepuffs? I was just, I was just gonna say. Meanwhile, I am here Hufflepuffing all over the place my whole damn life. HP Pride, y'all. Like I bleed black and gold, which are also the Steelers couple colors. So, I forgot the word color. I think now's the time to announce everyone. Cats out of the bag. John Miscavige is the new Jefferson Lafayette cover in Hamilton. I am. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? I don't know. What has happened to this episode? It's really gone off the tracks. I also cannot stop staring at this fucking wig There's that is in wig. the studio. That I cannot see the front of it, but it, it promises to be a go- Honestly, it kind of looks like an Anna wig. Yeah. I'm, do you think Tyler will be pissed if I take a picture of me in it? Is I don't it lace think front? so. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, we're seeing it from behind, so it could very well be. It's potential. Uh, yeah, no, literally. So as I mentioned, Tyler is moving uh, his studio, his business to a new location. So <laughs> the studio is just literally a disaster zone. It is literally like John Miscavige's butthole after Pride Week. Well, I was, I was just going to say, it, it really is so symbolic of my brain. There are a lot of just random smatterings of mannequins. There's an old-timey kind of pilgrim outfit. Yeah, it's a very um, Charles Dickensy outfit on a hanger. There's Febreze. There's a vacuum cleaner. There are there's, light bulbs. There's a, a half-drinking bottle of Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm, an empty town hall cup. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say the town hall cup really thrills me. Yeah, there's a um, plant. Yeah. <laughs> curtains it's just like it's a lot of stuff yeah. um so yeah john is looking at a wig right now that looks like wig. uh anna 
It looks like a wig. Would you say wig? I, I meant to just do that wig that 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 Katy Perry with that that gay boy singing on American Idol. He goes wig, and she goes, "Oh my god, wig!" I know, right? And I went to say wig, but because my throat is kind of fucked up right now, it came out wig. <laughs> I didn't mean it to. Um, John is regressing to, to being fourteen years old again. What's the next thing we wanted to talk about? Speaking of being fourteen and regressing, uh, as I don't know if, if anybody knows this, but Steven Spielberg is doing a remake of West Side Story. Oh my. Gosh. And we have ourselves a Tony, y'all. I, oh, fuck. I love this choice for Tony because I love anyone whose first name is one letter away from being anal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ansel. An- An- a- Anal. 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 <laughs> he is your twink <gasps> fantasy, honey. He is. So, do you know this, that uh, Ansel Elgort is a stage oh. door alum? Well, Natalie Walker, uh, alum of this podcast, yes. posted a picture of her with him. Yeah. And I was shooken. Yeah. She went to stage door with me, Natalie Walker. Uh, he, yeah. So, full disclosure, Stage Door Manor has had many a famous alum. Yeah. Um, like, Ansel Elgort is just one of many. Yeah. If you Ansel were to- Elgort, you guys... <laughs> Charlie Manson, ton. Let us goes on. It does really go on. on. You know, Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, after the fact, uh, <laughs> she studied after. Yeah. Um, so sure. uh, all this. So if you were to ask me at the time that he and I were at Stage Door together, like who I thought was going to like make it big immediately after Stage Door, I not I would not have said Ansel. Yeah. Um, just because. He, but I find that true in a lot of people who have become famous. Yeah. I'm I mean, like he was he was talented. He was nice. He was just he was very odd in a lot of ways because his parents are artists and so he ha- and he comes from like Soho. His name is Ansel. Elcourt? Is that how you say it? Of also course, Elgort, yeah. Of course, his parents are artists. They are, but like, apparently, I didn't know that they were like famous artists. I thought his parents were just hippies trying to relive 1972. Oh, I mean, that's what I would have thought too. I didn't realize that, they were famous, but that's another that's another key factor into becoming famous if your parents are already slightly famous. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, talent will let out, but you know, sometimes <laughs> doors open for you when you have more doors. I'm, I'm not trying to like dissuade that. I'm just saying like he was a he was a very odd child from like. Famous artist parents, like, living in Soho, like, he had, like, a very, like, scattery kind of brain. He had very long, shaggy hair. And I remember him telling us that he was a tap dancer. And so when we were doing uh, what was called the Art Time Cabaret, which was an elite performing group, uh, there's a tap break. And, like, I have two years of tap experience. Like, I can tap, but I'm not, like, a tapper. Sure. He and I both auditioned to do the tap break. And I booked it, but he didn't. Because <gasps> whereas I can, like... Get, do give you a nice clean time step and you know blah 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 time step time you say time stamp <laughs> I, I said time steal um, I said time st- I was I lost my breath it, it, and I became one of those steal. John takes to you right now because that what, what? time steal <laughs> time stamp wig wig um, but he he's like um like a bring into noise bring into funk kind of tap dancer like ah. he he can freeform he can do all the stuff like comes from his body yeah um doesn't it always and. But so I just remember like thinking like what a weirdo, and then like two years after I left Stage Door, he's like doing a play with uh, Alexis Bledel. He, he cut his hair. He's looking dreamy, and all of a sudden he's a movie star, and yeah. like a good one at that. So leading to the fact that he has been cast as Tony in the West Side Story remake, yes. which is actually kind of good casting. He has a very 1950s dream boy look about he him. He does, yeah, and he he has that innocence of, about him that. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I just hit your mic. No, it's totally fine. It's hit, hit my mic again, and I'll kill you, bitch. Uh. Um, he 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 has that kind of 
I, I actually think it's a great choice. I mean, can he sing? I, I, people have yeah. said yes. Um, but... I remember his voice his voice being really low, like very well, bassy. But here's the, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore if you could sing because even if you have the a most amazing voice, if you're going to be in a movie musical, they're still going to auto-tune it. Oh, they're still going to That's mean, what they do. Yeah, it's, um, it's just going to happen. Yeah. I mean, in worst case scenario, they lower the keys from it's fine. Whatever makes him sound better. Right. Um I just the reason why it kind of threw me for a loop for a second is because that Tony like it's a it's a barry tenor role. It's a legitimate barry tenor role where yeah. it's these tenor notes, but they want a baritone sound. Right. Um. And Ansel like has a low manly singing voice, which is hot. But I was like, not the notes for that role. Mm. Um. But it's interesting that he beat out some uh big Broadway talent. Yeah. No, I had the same exact thought. Um. But I guess maybe apparently Twitter his... was like the stands on Twitter were not happy he got it because all the uh Hanson fans wanted uh. Dear Ben de la Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. People, I mean, hate, hate, hate is gonna hate, 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 hate. I, I don't. I'm not surprised that that people were very upset on Twitter. Twitter is the place to get very upset on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I run Catherine McPhee's Twitter. I yeah. know how it she has a lot to be upset about. Yeah. Um, we never found out what baking could do for her. But to be honest, I, I. <laughs> you just not acknowledge. No, it. I'm just not going to acknowledge it. I, I will not. <laughs> I will not I, I will, Jody Foster. I will not Jody Foster this kind of behavior. I will not. Um I I I don't listen. I watched his self tape whether that was his actual audition or whether it was not. I, I'm sure he'll make an amazing Tony someday. But I I, I don't know. I'm not surprised. I I, no, I I'm I'm not surprised I don't know what, at I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Basically Stands stand down for a second. I mean, also in another week they're gonna. That's the beautiful thing about Twitter. They are in such an uproar right now, and two hours from now they're going to be in an uproar about uh, yeah, what about something, something else? else? Yeah, because I do the same thing. We all do the same thing. It is what we are built to do now. We are built to have reactions go off on our huge emotional tirades, mm-hmm. and then two hours later it's going to be about something else. We we feed into the cycle and the cycle feeds us and we are part of the matrix. I also like, do they think they're going to change Steven Spielberg's mind? Like, he's Steven fucking Spielberg. He doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't care. <laughs> right. He, he's like, I have so many Oscars and so much money. I'm going to cast whatever the... He could cast, I don't know, like, a, a garden gnome as Tony and he wouldn't care what people would have to say about it. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I kind of feel like and I guess this is a this is a compliment. I feel like Ben Platt is too interesting of a Tony. I feel like he would his take on Tony would be so different from what anything mm-hmm. has ever been. I don't think it would be different from what he does. I think Ben Platt kind of has his stamp on things and he kind of does that. But I don't th- mm-hmm. but I don't we have a whole mime show going on behind we're, here. We're not going to tell you what they are because we've already overexplained too much today. Listen. He would go into passe on the high note in Maria. He would, he, yeah, he would do the the lunge thing. Yeah, so, but I, I I think he would be amazing. But I I truly do. I don't know. I I think not that I think Tony has to be a boring role per se, but no. I think Tony kind of has to be bland enough to be our everyman. Tony has to be. Uh, t- t- Tony wasn't written to be the quirky underdog. I feel. no. Well, 
the reason why I think Ben Platt is I not... I love a quirky underdog. I am the quirky underdog. I'm the quirky hot dog. I'm not even the underdog. I'm... Yeah, yeah, honey? I'm a tube of meat. <laughs> that is all I am. You're the hot dog from the vendor that claps back at you. I, um, I am. Yeah, it runs right through you to the next day. Um, my issue with if Ben Platt were, were to be cast in it is just that I wouldn't buy Ben Platt as a former gang member. Like, as somebody who, like, robbed convenience stores and, like, beat other people up and possibly could kill somebody. I just, I wouldn't buy that. I mean, I never really do with any Tony ever because... Sure, but, like, that is something you have to think about when you're casting. Whether whether a director chooses that or not, it is something that goes through your head. Yeah. Um, But I think what everyone really wants to talk about is how the first person I ever kissed was a Tony in a production of West Side Story. When you were Doc? When I was Doc. I know I've talked about it a ton of times. We were the only two not in the Mambo. And this is what Steven Spielberg should capture in his film. So I'm saying, I don't know, who Oscar Isaac should play Doc. And they should not be in the Mambo together. And they should reenact my experience in West Side Story. But go even further. Full on Brokeback Mountain it. Yes. Spit in the tent and everything. Why can't I bust like a hot water pipe to you? What? That's what Doc says when he slaps Tony. And um, my friends to this day never let me forget that's what Doc says. Because I was having this slight toward love affair with Tony. And I slapped him. And in front of a lot... <laughs> Sean slapped, by I the did way. It. I, it was we, this the gayest little thing I've ever seen. It was, it was half a hand to his chest. But I also refused to... Um, use stage combat so I actually slapped this man this well he wasn't a man you're, he was you're 18 a math he was like actor. 17 I slapped him and then the line was is that what you all do bust like a hot water pipe and this is for my NEPA crowd out there because I know you all know it's coming because you still make fun of me to, fun of me for it to this day but I slapped him and I went is that what you all do bust like a what nutter pup I said the words what nutter pup what nutter pup Patty LaPone is doc <laughs> Uh, did we talk about Kinky Boots closing yet? We didn't talk about Kinky Boots closing. Um, I, um, I'm honestly so pleasantly surprised. Like, yeah, I joke. I joke on social media. I actually tweeted like two weeks ago, if Kinky Boots can survive 2018, then you can too. Mm. And then three days later, the announcement was made. And I was like, this did not age well. Um, but I'm pleasantly surprised, that, all joking aside, that a musical that is so gay, mm-hmm. so out there has been on Broadway for five five years four years it'll be it'll be uh almost seven I think no uh it'll be about six years when it closes and to be honest like it hasn't done it's had its little it plays with its stunt casting and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and it definitely does that a good amount but um it also has given a lot of Broadway actors work that that, that hadn't Nicole, previously. Lauren Nicole Chapman. Yeah, no, I think it's given a lot of up and comers their chance. So I really, I'm, I'm sad to see it going. All joking aside, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen it. You never seen it? No. So I should see it. Yeah. No, you should see it before it closes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what I have to say to you about that. Um, good talk. Good talk. Yeah. The, truthfully, they they really didn't start doing stunt casting until like the last year and a half of its run. Yeah. Uh, like they they kind of held off on it for a long time. They did. I mean, unless you unless you count Todd uh, well, I, and Wayne Brady, I guess. That's but, what I was going to bring up. I was like, I mean, they did do that with Wayne Brady, but is that really stunt casting? Yeah. If, like no one. If Wayne Brady's in a show and no one cares, is it stunt casting? Yeah. If if 
if Wayne Brady gets chopped down in the middle of the woods and no one's around, does anyone go see Kinky Boots? You know, that old saying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> My grandmother used to say that to me every night before bed. Yeah, no, it's, the, it's stitched on a pillow. You know, actually, I saw Todrick Hall on the show because that was when Lauren went on on Broadway for the lead. Oh. And he was delightful. Yeah, um, I heard that as well. Yeah, he was surprisingly wonderful in the in the role. Um, Yeah, Kinky Boots is not my favorite. Uh, I don't think it's a bad show. Uh, I don't think it's a super great show either. It's one of those things, it's similar to Frozen in the way, that, like when uh, you finally saw Frozen after like all the hype, uh, Kinky Boots like won the Tony Award and like had mm-hmm. this big old run and went all over the world and people would ask me like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Like, is it worth all the hype? I was like, a what show ever is worth all the hype that it is but even before it like kind of blew up i didn't think it was quite worthy of that kind of amount i thought it was a perfectly fun show Mm. but i always was a little baffled that it did as well as it did just because i thought it was a little simple that said i will never ever ever negate anyone's positive feelings about that show because i don't a don't think it's a bad enough show for me to be bitchy about it i think it's a, a solid show but also it's like whatever brings you joy man um and there is some Fucking catchy ass tunes in that show. Yeah, no, From no, no. Paris no. to Milan. I need to. I need to see it. It's. It doesn't close until next spring, right? April. Yeah, you yeah, got time. Yeah, so I have time. I'll see it next spring because I. I'm only here for like less than ten days, and I actually I'm going to see two shows. I'm going to go see Alex and Waitress because um, also one of my childhood best friends just joined the company of Waitress this past summer. Gross. Um, Jesse Hooker, Jesse Hooker Bailey, and she uh, she understudies Dawn, so she's been rehearsing with Alex. But I, I want to see them this week, and I got tickets. Have you heard of the play "I Was Most Alive with You" at mm. I believe Playwrights Playwrights Horizon? No, um, it's kind of become this whole underdog production. Uh, people are loving it. Um, ah, God, who wrote it or directed it? It has some really amazing people attached to it. But I believe I don't. I haven't been wanting to read too much about it because I kind of want to be surprised. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, um, it is a play where it has two casts Mm -hmm. simultaneously performing it. And one cast is doing it in ASL and the other cast is speaking it. Um, And so my friend Tad, who is in it, um, is a is an actor who uh, I I saw him in Tribes at at DCPA um, and he was amazing. Um, and so I'm really excited to see him, and I've, I've heard amazing things, so I can't wait to come back um, next time we record and talk about that. And this will be my second time seeing Waitress. Last time I saw it was with Betsy Wolf, um, but I've heard Ooh. Nicolette is really wonderful. I have heard the same. And it's it's actually kind of, I, I know it's probably not going to happen in the next week. It, I'm sure it's going to happen over the next couple months, but because they're just getting a new Dawn. But I'm really hoping that while Nicolette is still in, my friend Jessie goes on for Dawn, because if she does, it will be... Um, the first time in Waitress, and maybe the first time ever in a Broadway show where three of a show's leading ladies are all going to be black when they were not specifically written for black women. Yeah. Um, or had been originally originated yeah, by, by black them. women. And uh, I'm I love that. I love that casting. I, I I love that that um being something that can happen now. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Waitress again. Um, Betsy Wolf is a good first waitress experience to have I would imagine yeah no she, she was very very good she was wonderful um, but I'm very excited for Nicolette very hey, excited it's not Jesse Mueller thing. it's fine uh, I saw the entire original Broadway company it's fine I know that she just closed Carousel but I, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night going what's Jesse Mueller doing next you know yeah speaking of Steven Spielberg maybe he's gonna put her in West Side Story <gasps> yeah because they did the post together 
She could be like, uh, maybe they'll make Doc a woman. She'll be oh, a man. female Doc. Yes. Femme Doc. Uh, fem, fem Doc. What, 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 what would be a, a feminine term for Doc? Doc? <laughs> Why are you trying Deck? to gender my Docs? Deck? Leave my Doc alone. Duke. Duke? No, you you just Yo, you, leave us alone, Duke. You have frozen on the brain because now you're just saying sweet weird Icelandic words. Huga. 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 It's not very Huga. Um Yeah, no, that's that's super lovely. I should try to see one more thing before you leave so yeah, I have to talk to, about. Try to see something. Um yeah. see something, say something. That's our whole motto here. That's if you uh, see something, something say, say something. something. Lord knows I don't leave an opinion unwanted. Another friend said to me. Uh, that I need to be very careful about what I say on this podcast in case it bites me in the ass later in life in terms of, like, my opinions. And I went, listen, bitch, I've fully come to terms with the fact that I'll never audition for a Broadway show again. I'm going to make my own opportunities so I don't have to worry about Diane Paul's being mad at me for finding Neverland. Listen, I am also just happy that you have two friends. (laughs) The tri- two, two friends. No, it's another Fight Club situation. They're all in my head. Yes. It's just my subconscious being like, Matt, should you say that about Kinky Boots? And I'm like, I haven't said anything nasty. I've just said something not something you'd want to put on a billboard. Same. I mean, I've never said anything Listen, you want to put on a billboard. I think when it comes to negative criticism, like, I am the dream team. I do not make you go to bed crying at night. Mm. Unless you're my mother and you think, I created this. This is what I've unleashed on the world. Fuck. Speaking of unleashing on the world, I've had to pee for the last <laughs> 35 minutes. You didn't pee before we did this? I did. I just I, I chugged that iced coffee. You really are so, old. But I wonder I was I was thinking if if I should stop at any point during the podcast, but then I thought, you know what? I want my subtext today to be <laughs> urgent pee. John, don't hate on your prostate. Girl. It's a little too late for that. <laughs> he punishes that prostate. Oh, ew. Oh. Really, John? That's the line. I oh, will cut it. That was the line. <laughs> I remember my dad uh, telling me about how one day I'm going to have to get prostate exams and someone's going to have to stick a finger up my butt. And I just remember thinking, uh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, no. But isn't that every gay kid subtext in that moment? Yes, please. Yeah. Don't, don't you remember learning about what? Uh, <laughs> I know that what I didn't when I first heard about something going up my butt for like medical reasons. I thought it was such an invasion of privacy. I was like, why would I do that? Well, then again, when I was a kid, I didn't like. How old are we talking here? Like twelve, five? Like how big of a horror are we? Right I have now? no memories. I I have no recollection of anything. It's so. all fun home. It's all one big blob yeah. of t- wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I was I was any I was maybe aging out of small Allison. I don't remember. Uh, I, like I didn't think sexually for a very long time, and I think I that was either. that's I, when I, I first just... thought of like medical when I heard about that like thing going happening, <laughs> going in and happening. The hand motion you guys just missed. Let me tell you. Oh God, it was not since John's slap and my subtext on Ben Platt's stamp on things. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, no, I just I remember hearing that, and I thought it was such an invasion of privacy. I'd never want it to happen. And then as I got older, I went maybe. Maybe. And then I changed my major to Joan. You guys, I've always dreamed of recording a podcast and ending it talking about um, lustful prostate exams. So, Matt, 
So let's 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 close out with some messages, like recapping this week's episode, shall we? Um, first of all, always make sure you have super talented friends, preferably ones that are more talented than you. Always. Not hard to be when you're me and John. Correct. Um, we are bidding Kiki Boots adieu. You Good will night. be you'll be missed. You've been a huge landmark in our lives. Yes. Um, be if you're a twink with pillowy lips. You'll most likely be cast in a production or movie version of West Side Story at some point in your life. As, yes, especially if your name is really close to anal. Mm-hmm. And and um, what is Jesse Mueller up to? And what is she up to? Inquiring bottoms. I don't know. <laughs> and if you haven't gone a prostate exam. Yes, this is a PSA. for Get, get your prostate checked. Men, women, dogs. Right after you vote. Yes. So, so and get your prostate exam. It'll be your it'll be a nice little reward for your for your chore that day. Yes. First you are going to check Uncle Sam's prostate and then let Uncle Sam check yours. Mm-hmm. Who what diva is going to <laughs> sing us out today? Um I, honestly we've covered so many random ass things. Part of me was like really a smorgasbord. Part of me was like Casey Levy, oh. uh Jesse Mueller. Uh we didn't do Jessica Voss last week because we paid homage to Marin Maisie. Oh, uh nice. But, like, I don't know. Like, we kind of successfully moved from Jessica Voss today, so I don't think it would really be... Uh, Is there a song apropos? about... Um... We could do the Factory Girls on Parade. Oh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we can't no, do that. Yeah, no. No, I, goodbye, no. everyone. Thank you for listening. We're doing the no. Factory Girls on Parade. Bye! <gasps> no, 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 no. Okay, quick, quick, I'm quick. I'm speaking. No, quick jump, quick jump. Go. Who, who would it be? Go. <laughs> We're closing out with the Factory Girls, Matt. I hate you so much. Bye, everyone. Have a blessed week. I'm so sorry, everybody, that we did this to you. I didn't mean it. I'm not sorry. (laughs) We're we're not sorry. Not one thing. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) He's so mad. I'm so mad. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
www.thepurpose.org because only together we rise.